What is up, everyone? I'm Michael Jewell, and welcome to a theater greater than film, The Green Room, the show where we watch a piece of pop culture, very unprofessionally critique it, and then improvise one scene that's so fucking good. You'll question which multiverse you're in. Which one is it? I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully it's one that's better than this one eventually, like maybe at the end of it, like, I don't know. Something nice happens, possibly. But believe me, as always, we will fail every single time. So, before we get started, allow me to introduce our lovely Yesenders for this season. She's clearly the most evil variant from her timeline, the wonderful Virginia Gabby. That's me. I'm going to destroy the world. It's like a little sprite, like an evil, <laughs> murderous sprite. No one will uh, see it coming. Yeah, that's actually true. That's also true. And the actual founder of the TVA, Mr. Chris Mead. Hello. I'm I'm burdened with glorious hellos. <laughs> what? Oh, I love uh, watching uh, you, Chris, not know what I'm going to say as your intro and just like trying to see if you can make sense of it by the end of it. Oh, it makes me so happy. Uh, all right. Anyway, today we're back talking about the episodes three and four of Loki. So let's do it. Let's unpack it. Let's talk first impressions. We've got th- two episodes here, three and four, which are uh, pretty bonkers, pretty interesting. Definitely the thing that I'm happiest about so far is it has not gone the way I've really anticipated or expected it. I've set up some some previous expectations, and it's not quite hit there, and that's made me happy. So, Chris, to you, first impressions, Loki. I think it's good that we put these two episodes together, because together they create a sort of love story, a very unpredictable sort of love story about one god falling in love with themselves. And... <laughs> And it is a non-traditional kind of rom-com, but yeah. it, that, the whole the whole arc of a romantic comedy is there. There's the meet cute. There's the bits where yeah. they get to know each other. They don't like each other to begin with. They have problems with each other, but they get yeah. to talk and and realize what they're really like. And then, but then every now and then, your brain screams, "But this is the same person falling in love with themselves." <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know what to, is this incestuous? I mean, uh, you know, how am I meant to feel about it? But there is real chemistry between the two actors and yes. and things explode and people hit each other. You know how much I like it when people hit each other. <laughs> and it happens a great deal during this, these two episodes. So I'm pretty happy, really. I love love. I love people <laughs> being thrown out of trains. And it delivers. It delivers in spades. So yeah. there we go. What first off, I love it. I didn't. I sort of. I wrote a little bit about like this. This love, and obviously, only Loki could ever truly fall in love with Loki. Like that. That tracks as far as uh, you know, the, Loki, the character. 
But now that you say the rom-com thing, yeah, I've got, I got to completely reframe this show because it is a rom-com. It is absolute, like the first few episodes, maybe not so much, but we are now fully entrenched in a romantic comedy. No doubt about it. The end of this will end that way somehow. Either they will completely fall in love and they'll like, you know, hold hands on a jet ski or they will, uh, (laughs) they will like, you know, hate each other, and then we're just waiting for the the sequel. What well, you know, uh, the Loki two, uh, just me and and myself and you. I don't know. I was trying to rhyme with two. Couldn't do it. Virginia, what is your first impressions? Episode three and four. Two thoughts. One, we all should love ourselves a little more. So Loki's yeah. just on a higher plane than us, already loving themselves. Yes. <laughs> Snaps. So. <laughs> Um, so I'm learning to love myself through Loki. Um, two, okay. the color of time travel is purple. <laughs> is it? Is that? Are you sure about that? How so? Everything <laughs> in episode three is purple. And then yesterday I, I was watching that really shitty Chris Pratt movie where he time yeah. travels to like war. It was fucking purple. Oh, oh so tomorrow, the tomorrow stuff, the Tomorrowland, all what the is tomorrow, stuff? All the little like doodly doodly things that come down and get you into a different time. Purple. Interesting. Loki, purple. You know what? And also in the day after tomorrow, no, not that. What's it called? The one with Tom Cruise where he like repeats every day. Edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Edge of tomorrow. The goo that turns him into like a repeating like time loop is also purple. So you, Virginia, have figured out film. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. going to get like, hired that's... in Hollywood for all future time travel needs. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're going to time that, that romantic comedy about time or whatever. Purple. Why? What, yeah. Like, and if somebody shows you in the demo, like they're like doing a like, okay, this is what we're thinking for this scene. And it's red. You like flip out. <laughs> like, I flip the breaking. table. Yeah, yeah, whiteboards get thrown uh, about and all sorts of stuff happens. And they're like, oh my God, everybody run. Virginia's mad. It's blue. <laughs> it's super tracks as well. Um, because Barney, the dinosaur, is purple. Presumably, he's been taken out of his normal time stream. Oh my God. Because the dinosaurs died, right? He's the dinosaur. dinosaurs are around. So I think when he You're traveled right. to modern times, he was, he was turned Barney's- purple. Barney's a fucking Doctor Who like, time traveling. <laughs> Last of his kind. Oh, God, dude. Every week, Chris, every week you slightly blow my mind uh, with something that is so, like, <laughs> like stupid. true. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And, like, now, like, oh, now I can't unthink that Barney is a fucking time traveling, like, monster dinosaur. And what if Barney look like all dinosaurs actually look like that. And then we've got all this like misconceptions of like T-Rexes with all these scales and, and, and stuff. And really it's just like a soft, perfectly rounded dinosaur animal. Well, we were talking about this the other day, actually in England. <laughs> As if we, we, all, we all get together and talk. Um, like in all of England. <laughs> yeah. We were having a bit of conversation down the pub in England. Now that we're allowed back to the pub again. And there's this thing that fossil records, you can't see whether there was blubber fat or feathers or fluffy, right? right? So dinosaurs could look so vastly different to the fossil records. 
because yeah. there's because we don't know all of that stuff and and more and more we're finding out that dinosaurs did look very different and i think every time that we do find something new about a dinosaur we need to go back to jurassic park re-cgi yeah. it to have our best <laughs> <laughs> just kind of keep updating it. It's like a work in progress. So every time yeah. we find out something new, we're like, add feathers to the velociraptors or whatever. Whatever just, it is. Or yeah. smooth it out smooth. and make it barnified <laughs> like yeah. we all know it really is. Just give them some puppy fat. It'll be lovely. Like so like this by the sixtieth anniversary of like Jurassic Park, <laughs> they they look like like <laughs> crazy like stick folks or something. Like it's just like something so wild. I'm in, first off. Anything Great. to redo Jurassic Park and get it back in movie theaters, because you know Steven Spielberg's hurting for that cash and needs it to keep, <laughs> to keep things going. So, yes, I'm down. Just do it for Steven. That's what I say. And also science. Okay, so should we talk more about the show we're going to? Oh, so, yeah. episode three. Kind of really, I really like this one because this is the first episode for me where this, the like, lokiness if you will, began happening where we don't know if this is real anymore. We don't know if we're in somebody's head. We don't know uh, who's playing who really. Like we had a little bit of that with Owen Wilson and Loki a little bit in the first two episodes. But now I think from here on in, none of this is real or all of this is real or somewhere in between. And I like that. So um, that kind of got me going and in the like in the Loki sense. I don't know, Virginia, when you were watching this, did you get any of that vibe or were you just sitting there like, um, why is time travel, why is the whole planet purple? Is that the whole thing? <laughs> um, episode three, I was kind of bored in the beginning and I kept thinking about like practical things like, gosh, Disney, you couldn't have any blood. They're all using blades, but there's no blood. Yeah, there's zero blood. <laughs> I get oh, it. Yeah. You can't show blood. But I was like, but they do say like asshole or something. Like they've cursed a few times, which I thought was interesting for Disney. With punches, uh, I can like see. Maybe we don't see it, but I'm like, they're blades, and I would assume they're very sharp, magical blades. They are, <laughs> but but they they have to be because I saw people dying from them. <laughs> but I guess it's all magic, and they're not real, so I guess they don't have to bleed. Very true. That's also true. Yeah, I'll accept that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did, I did like it towards the end of the episode when I like, picked up, and yeah. there seemed to be like more stakes. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I didn't think about that because there's a little bit of an angle to a show starring Loki with multiple Lokis where you don't feel like there's a lot of stakes yeah. because of the fact that it's like Tom Hiddleston is like, where is he? He's not going to die. Yeah. Like he's, he's in like 75 of these movies. <laughs> he's like, he's not going to die, but ooh, maybe he will. I did enjoy Finally. drunk Loki. And I also thought that scene was very reminiscent of Star Trek when they're always in the like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, and it they're, had they're some in Star the, Trek Romulan ale like vibes to me, and also <laughs> the people in blue outfits were like red shirts. I'm like, they're just fucking yeah. dying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're in ten forward, basically. That's what that they're the bar in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, is they're all like, oh, we're all right, in the bar on the ship doing the thing. <laughs> they're all in a bar on a ship. I like that there was a Elvish song or something that felt like Elvish, the song that he was singing. It felt very like uh, like Lord of the Rings for a moment. Uh, I don't know, Chris, you laughed at me when I said that. Is it is it not? Is, did I just like offend 
some somebody somewhere uh, you could never offend me michael i was just interested in what you felt about the song because he it, it felt like a real song sometimes when you have a song in a television program then it becomes slightly overproduced and all the voices are too affected but this yes. felt like he was using his real voice on set and then he actually yeah. had some power and behind it and it it sounded quite nice it sounded like a group of people having a sing song which i thought so musically you're absolutely right i thought he did do really well in like not trying to i don't know be like an opera singer or something but singing well you Mm. know not surprised yeah exactly like a shakespearean trained classically trained actor would probably have the the support and the diaphragm to deliver a song strongly and well with some force and some verve but not overdoing it i like the lyrics if i remember correctly something about the lyrics was like uh all about like saving uh saving the day i kind of blank on the lyrics out but he was talking about what he was going to do eventually so i dug that and uh i like that he drank ale and then like threw the uh, <laughs> glass on the ground and it was like more and it was very like yeah i feel like that was a lord of the rings moment to me i don't know well, yeah, I've only seen the movies. This is very poetic, I think, because these are the last dregs of I was gonna say humanity, but whatever the oh, the yeah, people are they? of this place, they're taking this one last journey as as like a giant celestial body crashes into their slowly crashing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean Which, by the way, Chris, I want to get your thoughts on this. That planet was taking too long to die. Am I right? <laughs> like, <laughs> There's like a fucking moon like falling and it felt like it took way longer than I would expect a moon falling to actually like destroy a planet. I mean, I love that the fact I have a British accent makes me seem like I know about things. That is 100% when why I asked you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I actually know absolutely nothing about the movement of celestial bodies. But yes, uh. I would think if an entire planet crashes into another planet, then you're probably going to be knocking up dust and things into the atmosphere yeah, like to a point no... where no one could live a lot longer. It's not like, it's only once the whole planet crashes in that we're in right, trouble. Right, that that we're, fine. we're fine. We're fine. Good. Oh, oh no, it's all We should moment. make out with ourselves. That's, That's the a... thing. It was going so slowly that in the... It was going, it was all happening so slowly that like they were in a fight and they were like just standing in the middle of the street, kind of just looking. Yeah, they're doing like kung fu, very bad kung fu, by by the way. Like (laughs) I will say this, of the three TV shows we've gotten so far, these Disney Plus shows, this is the worst fighting that's happened so far. Granted, WandaVision didn't have a lot of fighting in it, but this, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because Tom Hiddleston is probably a little bit too British and popper, proper to be like going around kicking people and training that way or whatever it is. But I was like, this fight scene in particular, I was very much like, come on, what is going on? Or you know, it like, was shot during COVID times and they were like, we don't want you yeah, touching no. each other very much. <laughs> Socially distant <laughs> kung fu is the worst kung fu, I think. If you could, if you think about uh, fighting in that way, uh, I think that's the worst example of fighting I've ever seen. <laughs> I I'm, I know we're gently ribbing the yes. people here. And I have to say that Tom Hiddleston in general reacting to 
CGI or special effects shots. His whole body, he's like, he moves like a dancer. He's yeah. really getting into it. Yeah. In that bit at the end where he's running through the streets and everything's being destroyed, he sort of throws up his hands and does jazz hands and yes. throws out his hips and things. And he's got this like head movement thing too, where he like runs up to almost a camera and he, had, he like, oh, and it like freezes. Yes. And, like, you know, you're absolutely right, actually. Yeah, there's like a bit of, you know, like professionally Vogue. trained dancer to it. Yeah. For the the listeners at home, we are all now throwing shapes, even though this is not something you can see in the podcast, but we were all doing it. Let's describe it. Ready? Go ahead. Uh, Chris, describe what you're doing right now. Uh, I'm sort of running from one side of the frame to the other and then tilting (laughs) my head, looking a little coquettish and then staring staring at the camera. What a word, coquettish. That is brushing, the, that brushing is the my word fringe of the back day. my face. So the fighting was trash. We'll, we'll all agree on that. Although it was beautifully done trash. Yeah. The I feel like there was a few things that were happening in this that uh, were probably like the biggest moments that are going to ha- that are going to be in the show until the end. Which is again, I think there's two moments. Lady Loki. We're going to call her Lady Loki for now, or Sylvie, whichever one you're going to call her. She like falls asleep on the train, and that was very specifically pointed that she was like, I'm not falling asleep. I don't wait, you know, like, and then she instantly falls asleep, and then all of a sudden wakes up disoriented, and craziness is happening. And then there's a moment where, like, one of the rocks during the fight scene, the, the fight dance scene that they were doing, there's a, there's like a rock that comes down. <laughs> yes. They're like, uh, we have to do this episode, uh, but we did a, on the main stage, we did an episode for Electric Boogaloo 2, uh, which is a a dance movie from the 80s in which there was an actual dance fight, fight off. I don't know what you call it, where people were dancing and the power of their moves, they weren't dancing and fighting. They were doing dance moves, but the power of those dance moves literally knocked somebody else backwards. Yeah. They were like, oh, oh no. Oh gosh. That is how you know dancing is more powerful than the fist. According to Breaking Two and uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Uh, um, So there's like a moment where a rock comes down and it collects. Like they're in the middle of the fight scene, everything explodes. Yes, and then he sort of like wakes up from it, kind of like Saving Private Ryan style, and it's like, like he's like, oh shit! Uh. So those two moments says to me, we don't know who's controlling which. Is it Loki? Is it Lady Loki? Is it uh, uh, Dance Dance Floor Loki? We don't know, but I love that. So like that for me now, everything that's happening now is like so much more interesting because I don't know who if this is ever going to be real when Loki. Uh, spoiler alert gets pruned later on in episode four is like, was that real? Who was that all a show? You know, whatever. So I'm really super excited for that. I don't know. I'm going to stop there. What do you guys think? I have a question for you both. What yeah. makes a low key, a low key? Is it the horns? Is it a, a characteristic uh, like a personality trait? Yeah, I think that's a, a lot of it, right? Like a Loki seems the consistent nature of a Loki seems that they're they they thrive off of chaos, so they create chaos in certain ways, whatever version of their own chaos, but what you know it is. Uh, Loki, Lady Loki, seems like uh, uh, we'll find out later on was kind of 
like forced to create chaos by the circumstances of her being having been kidnapped at a young age, but the chaos still reigns, right? Like that still lives within that that version. Our Loki, I think he says in episode four, which we can talk about a little bit when he gets stuck in that time loop, is like he craves attention and he he's afraid of being alone. So his version of chaos is to bring people to hate him or like, you know, like, like he, uh, he's a magnet for disdain, which he like fosters and creates, which I think is pretty cool. Like that's, so I think chaos, the answer is chaos. Okay. So drunk Virginia is a Loki. Yes. 100%. No doubt in my mind. I've met drunk Virginia and drunk Virginia is 100% a Loki and also a fun Loki. Like you're, it's like, uh, it's not always uh, chaos is the bad thing. It, it's just chaos being wild. <laughs> oh, yes, Chris, one day when these worlds collide, you will hopefully get to meet uh, Virginia, uh, aka Drunk Loki, and you will see exactly what I mean. But we went out to karaoke one day. <laughs> it was awesome. This is a completely like non sequitur conversation, but it was awesome. What do I'm you very, think, Chris? Very, well, I'm, firstly, I'd just like to say that I am very much looking forward to seeing everyone in real life drunk. That will be a lovely time. I feel like yes. that'll be a turning point, a watershed moment in my life. A watershed. Uh, uh... <laughs> Chris, do you, what do you think makes a Loki a Loki, by the way? I kind of want to get your thought on it. I think everything that you said is very true, but I would also say that we we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that they are actually the same person as well. They are oh, yes. born of the same people. They feel the same spot in their universe. So it isn't just an attitude or something that you slip on. You know, it's like yeah. they are this person and they are all the same person. And being a god, being ineffable in nature, they can be very, very different to each other. For me, I am a mortal, a mortal human person. And so the differences between me and different dimensions are going to be quite small. In one, I'll be wearing an eye patch. In another one, I will have shaved. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. That's the amount that I can change. But when you are a god, you can be completely different in different universes. But that still means you're the same thing. In essence, you are the god of mischief. Um, yeah, everything else is up for grabs, but that's your essence. So yeah, wow. I think everything you said is absolutely true. But also, they fulfill that function in their universe. They are that yeah. person. So, what do you think love is? What is your definition of love? Because we all know Loki's <laughs> definition of love. But I want to know what yours is. Wow, I thought we were just reviewing. <laughs> okay, let's. <laughs> It's part Let's of the show. This. This, is, this is directly part of the show. So, wow. I think love is something we've had to create to keep people together. I think because, um, wow, I'm really going to try and answer this question. Yes, I want that. Now I, now I really want it. We've slapped the name love on so many different emotions. Oh, mm-hmm. Certainly within our language. I know there are other languages where there is a dozen, 20, 30 different names for love. But the fact that we call the thing that exists between a parent and their offspring love and the first attraction that we feel between two people who have never met before love and the mm-hmm. feeling of 
when you've completely moved your lives together and you're a part of each other and you've been together for 50 years, we call that love as well. And we just use, that's a lot of heavy lifting for that one word to that do. Is, yeah. That is, yeah. Completely different things, different chemical processes, different biological processes, different psychological processes. And we've just slapped love across all of them. And I think that's silly because they're all yeah. very different things. And I think the fact we do that causes us no end of problems in our lives because we think that love is something that is given to us, that descends on us, love at first sight, you know, this thing Mm -hmm. that is gifted to us. Whereas I think love really is something that you work at every day. It's something that you wake up every morning and go, I choose to love you. I choose to keep working on this. Um, And that is more wonderful than the magical light ray from above but it's not as sexy and it's uh yeah i don't know so that for me yeah love is saying i choose you our broken bits fit together (laughs) yes love is saying our broken bits fit together (laughs) no i love that first off i love that secondly I was not expecting that. And I love that. Like I got that out of here. Like, I, I don't know. Like, would you just end this episode? I just feel like there's no, it, it, you know, what better button to anything we could do than that, that response. Uh, Virginia, tell me what you think love is ruin this for us. Um, it's eating mashed potatoes on the couch while watching a romantic comedy alone. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's what it yes. is. Sorry, forget that's that. actually true. That's also true. Those, those, those both are, are true statements to what love. And is. usually not wearing shoes or socks. Oh, no <laughs> shoes. You know, I, I don't know if you knew this. I, I almost always, and I, I think about that too, especially with people. Um, you know, like uh, my, I have you know friends who are Indian, and that's this is a big no no. And you have people who are you know many, many Asian communities are this is a big no no. But I always wear shoes. So I wear shoes, like sneakers, all of the time. And uh, I always wonder, like, how am I going to, like, how many people do I piss off by walking into their house with my sneakers on? And, like, how do you navigate that? Is that a big, does that happen to you a bunch, Virginia, where you got to you gotta rock, take those shoes off whenever um, you go to, like, your parents' house, your family's house? Oh, yeah. My whole Korean family. And I lived in Korea for almost two years. And, like, you take your shoes off at, like, some restaurants. So you just kind of are pretty much always wearing socks, I guess, or you just get used to your like bare feet being in public. <laughs> but I don't know. I grew, I grew up not wearing shoes in the house. And so it's like not something that I even think about. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Do you wear, you, you, uh, you rock shoes all the time. You don't wear, wear shoes all the time. Those I, are the only two options. I was, well, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I had flat feet most of my life, so I didn't have any arch at all. Yeah. Uh, and I started reading up about it. And and what I read seemed to indicate that sometimes it was the fact that we coddle our feet by wearing these beautiful shoes that we have now that support and have cushioning and stuff. You never, because everything, there's a muscle, right? There's a muscle on the yeah. bottom of your foot. And if you don't use it, it just becomes limp. So what I started doing was wearing barefoot shoes, which are shoes that are just just about there you know they have like a three mil uh, sole to them yeah and over time I, I wore them religiously two or three years and over time 
my foot has gained an arch back again. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah. For the first year, it was super painful, and I my soles ached a huge amount. Yeah. Um, and then slowly, I started getting proper arches again. So now I only wear barefoot shoes, but they're they're very small construction. There's not much to them. Yeah. Um, and I really love that. You can feel the ground and stuff, even when you're outside. You I got flat feet like a like a like a, I'm straight up like a duck. Like so, when I come out the shower. <laughs> And like, like my feet form like a suction cut on the floor, <laughs> and you hear me walking around. It's like as I walk around, and I've never thought about this in my life to like work that out by just like wearing barefoot shoes. Like I've always just dealt with the society's rules and regulations around flat-footed people, and I've never thought to go outside of that. So I've been rubber ducking it for like all my life literally like it's like i'll do it and kate will hear me in the kitchen and she'll start cracking up because she just hears me like 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 <laughs> literally like <laughs> and it drives me nuts i didn't know that see you learn something you ask a question you learn something that's just the way it goes i really think we're gonna have to start a new podcast uh, <laughs> with it's just advice from chris on like how to live your life i want it i want it I will produce it. Lennox, are you on board? Lennox with that. Lennox says yes, a hundred percent. They're on no board. One. I'm on board. I want to ask you really tough questions and then realize that you're going to give me a great answer <laughs> instead of what I would do, which is just be terrified and just like do a fart noise or something. Uh, instead, <laughs> uh, so should we talk about Loki some more? Nah, let's do it. So episode three ends where they're about to die. Um, we've got both. Loki's kind of giving up, realizing that their mission to usurp the TVA and also uh, get the heck off of Lamentis, which we didn't really talk about, but I like that because Lamentis is a, is a show as a that basically means grief, right, or lament, mm-hmm. right, and there's a lot of grief in this. Either you know the the, the grieving of your old self, the grieving of the plan that failed because of whatever things that were happening. The, the grieving of loved ones as you sit there waiting for the planet to die. And then you have like, you're that old crotchety lady with like a giant shotgun, <laughs> like she laser beam thing. Yeah. Which was great. So I, that was cool. So they're, they're about to die on Lamentis realizing all of these things that they failed at because they are Loki's and they are doomed and destined to consistently fail <laughs> to be to lose at, at every turn. And we get to episode four, which I think kind of is a great, just like, it almost should, if it was in a movie, that would be a great, just like right into the next scene sort of deal. We had to wait a week, obviously, but right into that next scene. Cause I really love that they're all, they're in love for a second. You can see that they're truly, they love each other. And that is that turn that you would see in a rom-com. The turn you would see in, you know, some movie where they're all of a sudden that moment of realization happens. So I love that. What but is, is it real love? Cause there was no mashed potatoes. That's very true. There is zero. Well, we don't true. know. There could have been mashed potatoes. They are Lokis, after all. They could have whipped up some some quick, <laughs> just a little butter, a little garlic. Keep some of the skins on air in there too to give it a little texture. That's my rule. But I have something here, which is that the TV series has already set up that the reason that you would hide at the end of a world is because nothing you could do could have enough of an impact on the universe for the TVA to see it. 
right? Like right. you can't affect the universe enough that that would actually be visible to the TVA. But this, right. this them falling in love with themselves is enough of an event, even though the entire world is about to be destroyed. It makes a huge imprint on the universe such that it is measurable in the TVA. My wife, Laura, caused the resulting blip in the <laughs> in the, the time, time graph. Yeah, she yeah. called it a time wang, which I really liked. She was like, oh, look at that time wang. And uh, it's true. <laughs> the fact that Loki falls in love with Loki is so crazy to the universe that yeah. it creates the biggest time wang that Mobius has ever seen. Yeah, they've never seen a bigger wang than the than that what that moment that time. Yeah, that is the biggest time wang. So uh, that's love. it's interesting, right? How abhorrent it is to the natural state of things that it was able that's to create, even on a dying world is by the, by. And you know how much I like if a TV series states the rules of how yes. its world works, then it's got to stick to that. And so it yeah. must. They, the writers must know that this is crazy. What happens there is crazy. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you're absolutely right. It, it, by all the rules we've seen up to this moment, you could be, they, you know, Lady Loki's lived on an apocalyptic world their whole lives, mm-hmm. hiding from the TVA. That's the way that they figured out how to hide. So to spike that wang so hard yeah. that it's skyrocketing to like the red line instantly is definitely intentional, like showing that this is something that's either never happened before, or if it has, it is so bananas bonkers that it needs to be stopped or like attended to instantly, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, um, I also just love that it really spikes when they like hold each other's hands. And you mentioned this, uh, earlier, like maybe because they are like truly like sharing the same space as well. You ever, you ever watched the movie time cop? Yes. Time Cop is a great movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme in 1994 <laughs> in which uh, he has a mullet. That's number one. And it's a powerful mullet. It's very good. But it's very late in the mullet era to have a mullet mm. so powerful because it's 1994. And him and his mullet are able to travel through time and protect it, much oh. like the Time Variance Authority. Now, in Time Cop, the film, he uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and his mullet uh, find out that if you occupy the same space at the same time, it causes effectively a nexus event, but it murders and makes those two people who've touched each other into a big blob of nothing. And they turn into, like, literally turn into, like, goo. They, it's not purple, though, but it turned into goo. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. Virginia. I could bullshit on that. I bet it is purple, really. Oh, it might be purple. You know what? We don't know. I don't recall, but it might be purple. And I want to know out there, that's going to be the question we're going to posit to the to our crew, to our audience, uh, was Time Cop's goo purple <laughs> or not? We know his mullet wasn't. Do oh, he drives into a wall and it like creates light as he drives through. Was that light purple as well? We will never know. But uh, there's no way of finding out either. By the way, so much like that, maybe in this moment when they're occupying their same space, they're both holding hands. That creates like a super nexus event because these two. Loki's are occupying the same space at the same time and really connecting. Their hearts are connecting too in a way that they've never should have never connected either. And that's the Uber Wang, which is the they most don't powerful want time. anybody else when they think that? about it. They touch themselves. Yes, um, I was just <laughs> posting the divine. <laughs> <Do you> want... <laughs> 
Were you waiting just to set up that? I was, like, I was totally was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, like the first time you've ever touched yourself. It is a, a, a Nexus event uh, for, for yourself internally. So here we get what I think is pretty darn cool, which is the like the unraveling of the TVA, which I, because this is what I meant by unexpected. I thought this was going to not be a by the books thing, but I thought Loki was one of the Lokis or many of the Lokis or all of them, as we posited last uh, episode, were going to be the the reason why the TVA un- unfurls, un- you know, folds, whatever, or just like, you know, goes haywire. But it turns out it's the TVA themselves. It's the folks inside the TVA because you got Hunter, Hunter C20, you got Hunter B12. You've got Morbius, Mo- Mobius. You've got all these guys. They're the ones who are going to probably shut down the TVA or cause it to go uh, into havoc. So yeah, uh, that was my first un- my first surprising moment. I'm going to stop. What do you guys think? Um, I just don't have any expectations for this story. So every time it happens, it's fine. But when I am really excited that like other people are getting in on taking down the TVA, like when they went into yeah. that room and there were the little like Jim Henson looking like Muppets. You mean, you mean so at the end when we see the, the timekeepers, if you will, the three. Yeah. Uh, like the I, knew, of Oz I knew they were just going to be like talking heads. I think I just, I kind of knew that like, going in, like, I just like, there's just no way that the people who are in that room have some, are these like big power guys who did all this. They're just definitely going to be talking heads. Didn't know they yeah. literally were going to be puppet robots talking heads (laughs) yeah and go ahead chris what are you gonna say well there's got to be a deleted scene where they all just turn and go it's a small world after (laughs) all (laughs) i just love it there's more dancing you guys didn't see that out there you got to watch the video version but there's more dancing involved after that i love that there's i thought we, we i mean this this show has been referential in really cool ways and i think this is probably the ultimate referential nature having like a a wizard of oz moment where it's literally like you know uh big smoke filled like mist filled room that they're being told yeah you guys are the worst and you ought to be destroyed and blah 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 and then just like that a head heads heads literally roll and we find out that it's just a mope it's just an absolute it's a robot mope and now what do you do and apologies for skipping all the like more in-depth, like, people finding out what's happening in their brains part. We've been talking about Time Cop for, like, 20 minutes. You don't have to apologize <laughs> about anything. <laughs> because it did make uh, me sad when Mo- Mobius, Mobius, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, like, you know, fi- it was figuring out and all the bad stuff was happening. And then he was, like, dreaming of jet skis before he, like, evaporated. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh. Can we talk about Owen Wilson for a moment? Like... Dude, dude is killing it. This was a, I really enjoyed all of this in this episode. Him trying to like unpack what the heck is actually going on. Him talking about like what was clearly like a real love of his is there's something missing. We're talking about love. It's not the jet ski. I'm sure it's going to be him and maybe Gugu Mbubu Ra. Sorry, I don't know her, her middle name. It's Gugu Mbathu Ra, maybe. I hope I'm really, really apologizing for that. Because I don't want to be rude to people's names, but I cannot remember her middle part of her name. So maybe they were in love. Maybe that was like, and they had like a little kid, and like his memory was, you know, that kid being uh, on on a jet ski with him in San Diego. There is a snow globe 
if you zoom in and uh, the nerds on the internet have done this already for us on Thanks, her nerds. like shelf of trophies, it's a snow globe that says San Diego on it and it has a little jet ski in there. So clearly this jet ski is the key to this whole universe. Really? The jet ski has been that important to me in my life as a, as a child growing <laughs> up and is as important to us in this universe as far as saving the universe. So uh, you're probably right. I actually have a question for both of you guys, though. Where is Casey? Who's Casey, you might ask? Yes, that's what I was going to ask. Well, Casey, played by Eugene Codero, (laughs) is the guy who doesn't know who fish is, what fish is. And he is not around in either of these episodes, and it's pissing me off. Where's Casey? What what happened to him? Wait a minute. No, you go first. Oh, I was going to say maybe he discovered what a fish is and he saw one and he's now swimming with the fishes. Oh, no. In a good way, not in a mafia way. Oh, okay, good. I went even bigger. We know that the one of the main bad guys is Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. What are, no. come on, Michael, what are the initials of Kang the Conqueror? K. K. Yeah. Casey. Yeah. Oh my God. Casey. Oh Casey. my God. It's a wild <laughs> prediction. It's a wild prediction. <laughs> wild prediction. All right, Bridget, you have to give me a good a, a wild prediction too for your for the end of the series. Oh, you and Chris and I are in the last episode. <gasps> oh, I didn't know we were... that we were also variants. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say we were in love. We oh, were talking about love we earlier. Could be, yeah, we, we could be yeah. in love too. All right, good. That's Extra real. Extra layer. We're all in the last episode of this. We're all, Lennox, all of us, we're all in the last episode of this series. The, uh, the final shot is just the screen we're looking at right now, our little faces and squares talking about jet skis. And then we're Lennox all like looking at each other, looking just, at each other. <laughs> Superimposes the jet ski. End credits. Yeah, and it's like a very bad like jet ski video from like 1976 or something it's like the first jet ski uh yeah i like that um are the tva agents loki no we've determined that that's not true that was a wild prediction from last week that we've determined not true so sorry chris you're wrong that's okay who is who is controlling everything that's the that's the real question do you all know like what the bad like do people who are like nerdy about this like know who the bad guys are in this or like who's coming or are there like does the internet say like oh this is where Dr. Googly Boo comes in and he's you know gonna take now, so over you're, now you're saying her name wrong too and that's really rude because I <laughs> <laughs> oh no I, yeah. I was just making up a superhero <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I like that you turned into Catherine Hepburn there. Like, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> um, we do. So to answer your question, sort of, this is one of those things where we got, there's predictions out there and there's indications. Like we're talking about this person, Kang the Conqueror. He tends to be a person who, who you think so? No, I'm just re, just reintegrating the, the, the initial Casey, yes, Casey. it is Casey. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kang the Conqueror is there, and I really hope it is. Like, I mean this sincerely. Like, I would love the idea because 
Casey was around for those first few episodes, kind of just peeking around a lot. You just see them popping up. Who doesn't up know everywhere. what a fish is, Michael? Who doesn't know that? That is true. That is silly. <laughs> that is just silly. He can't exist. Therefore, he's the big bad. There is Kang. Uh, so Kang the Conqueror is one character, and they will that character will be popping up in um, Quantumania. Uh, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so and that's like confirmed so i would not be surprised if on some level if at the very least we get a like end credit scene much like we got with thanos in one of the movies where he's like fine i'll do it myself and he like puts on the glove and then we all realize oh my god it's the infinity gauntlet that might happen for this where we see kang at some point being like oh you 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 fucked up my whole plan i had this whole tva thing going it was good for a millennia or 12 and y'all come in and mess us up. All right. Kang's coming now. And Kang's going to show up in Quantum Mania Ant-Man style and realize that Paul Rudd is timeless and a timekeeper himself. And it's going to be a whole mess. Paul Rudd? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, let's talk about rankings. Give me your rankings for episode three and four. Chris, go. I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to keep it at a four out of five. I've just realized I've just answered this question straight up without putting any spin on it at all, haven't I? That's, nope, a bit that's sad. it. Four out of five for Chris. Virginia, what do, you, what do you give Loki episode three and four? I give it a, a eight and a half purple gobules gobules, gobules <laughs> uh out of 10 gob gobbles mm, gobbles yes. oh man y'all words are hard wait wait so you 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 said only eight and a half so you're not that's not that's not love love in this show as we've established I, what love is now i mashed potato loved episode four i don't know why episode three like wasn't oh, like at mashed potato up. for me um, uh-huh. But also, I have pandemic brain, which is really making me anything I watch is a struggle to pay attention. That's fair. That's fair. I do find myself not in this show, but I have found myself in other stuff just sort of like realizing halfway through I'm like on my phone this whole time. Also, while I'm watching, <laughs> like, why am I scrolling like a doom scrolling about some horrible news thing? And there's like a like, I don't know, there's something on TV. I'm like, I missed 45 minutes of what just happened. And you have to go back and like rewatch it. It's a mess. You're absolutely right. Um, I give this show zero out of out of a hundred Casey's because I have not seen Casey in two episodes, and that is a an affront to Casey. That's an affront to Fish. That's an affront to Eugene Cordero. That's an affront to Love, and I mean that. So this is a zero out of one hundred for me. Until Casey shows up. We're going to have to protest. Bring Casey back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to, I want hashtag where's Casey to start populating all over the place until we bring that person back. Let's utilize our listener base to make this yeah. happen. If every single of one of the people listening to this hit Twitter, I can you imagine the impact it's going to have? We were going to be trending immediately. Let's do it. Hashtag where's Casey? Mm. Is that where we're sticking with where's Casey? Okay. Hashtag where's Casey? Putting it on Twitter, putting it on Facebook, on Instagram. Hashtag where's Casey? 
we are about to and, detonate a neutron bomb in social media. Uh, uh, real quick question for you, Chris. What's your acumen on social media? Like, as far as like, what do you know about social media? Do Not you do a it huge like- amount, really. <laughs> do you use it a bunch at all? Do you? I do. I do use all of all of the different things, um, okay, but not particularly well. Um, yeah, I I, recently... I kind of got that from the neutron bomb. <laughs> <laughs> recently, uh, you know, I got a TikTok account and I'm trying to work out what can I give to the world of TikTok. You know, because let me tell you this right now: that is your first mistake. Right. If you're trying to utilize TikTok as a way to give something back to the world of it, you've already failed. Because okay. everything I've seen on TikTok, that's, uh, 99% of it is a C-shanties. 0% donation okay. to the world. Okay. <laughs> you know? So don't approach it that way, and then you're fine. If you look at TikTok as if it's a real thing, you've failed instantly, immediately. <laughs> and with that... Oh, we didn't talk about the... We didn't even talk about the fact that Loki died. One thing we forgot to talk about is the fact that Loki gets pruned. Yes. Our Loki, the love of our lives, the one that we've always cared about, the, the that that's that rambunctious scamp of a of a Loki gets pruned and we're like, "Oh, f." And also, I did love that Lady Loki was very much like, "Oh, no." You know, like you could see that she was very very sad to have lost her Loki counterpart. Which I also dig. You can kind of, they were doing a really good job of giving you emotions about the outcome of the other Lokis. Like so, when our Loki hears that Lady Loki might have been killed, uh, he feels terrible about it, and you can kind of read that. But it's still good enough where you're like, maybe he's still bullshitting. You never know. Uh, same thing happens here. Uh, our Loki gets pruned right as he's about to reveal something, which I think is that he's about to reveal that it was all a farce. Up until like some point, and that it was all hit like he was controlling her or like you know creating this illusion, and then he gets pruned and he gets pruned and gets tossed into uh, Wacky Loki Town, aka a new planet looks like Earth because there, we see an Avengers Tower in the background in which the planet is destroyed and there's three Lokis, four Lokis actually, but there's three Lokis standing over him. We got. Big black guy Loki loved it. There was a dude with his like his own little Mjolnir made out of whatever it looked like like fashioned out of whatever he found around town. You got Kid Loki, which in the comics and Chris and I, I think we've talked about this before. Very very fun character, so Kid cool. Loki. Yeah, uh, and then we've got what they call is like classic Loki or old school Loki, which is played by Robert. Uh, what's his name? Robert E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant, and he Whitnall. is amazing in. One of my favorite movies of all time, Hudson Hawk. If you've ever seen Hudson Hawk, he's phenomenal in that movie. And it's a terrible movie, but he's absolutely amazing. He's going at 160% the entire time, just eating the camera the whole time, and it's wonderful. Uh, and he's the perfect choice if you're going to have, like, Daddy Loki. Um, Daddy uh, Loki. Daddy Loki. You know what I'm talking about. You, you guys have to do a little Daddy Loki, baby. <laughs> So yeah, I will, I'm going to talk about that real quick and then we'll leave it there. What did you guys think about that post-credit reveal, that moment? Where What's going to happen next based on that reveal? Here's where my mind went. He was pruned in order to get to that space. Is everyone that has been pruned not actually died, but being shunted across either to that world or perhaps 
every variant has their own world, which is just inhabited by other versions of themselves. Maybe there's a whole... Yeah, okay. Because here, I like where your head's at. And I think you're right. I think, because I don't know if you've ever noticed, whenever somebody gets pruned, it sounds like the Matrix. You remember the Matrix, the like digital, like, like it happens when you get disconnected? Yeah. I think they get pulled out of, yeah, like they're disconnected from the TVA and they end up back to that moment in which they were pulled from and used by the TVA. Ooh. Except for Loki. And I think, because I think Gugu intentionally shot him off into someplace else in order to like, you know, fuck the system up. But it does mean that the pruning devices are teleportation devices, not weapons of murder murder devices, which means so many people that we thought were gone are possibly not. And chief among those would be Mobius for me. Like that was probably not his ending then. Yes, I agree. I am hoping for a Loki army that does that number from Les Mis with the flag. Oh, so yeah. you've got like alligator Loki and jet ski Loki and kid Loki. And they're all just like, you know, marching. Yeah. Do you hear yeah. the people sing? And, um, <laughs> oh, no, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. You can't stop there. I don't remember um, the line. And then they, as it. the army, go and they take down the TVA and it's probably a mouse who like sits and controls everyone or some shit like that. <laughs> Mickey Mouse? Yes. Mickey Mouse yeah. does control everyone. Yeah, it literally is just Mickey Mouse pulling the strings and like he's got, it's like that old steampunky machinery where it's like they've got to jump up and like bring like a thing down and they grab some levers and just all sorts of shit. Yes. I like it. I like it. Okay. First off, Absolutely right about the Loki army. There has to be, because we've seen three Lokis pop up. There's actually, I say the fourth, Kid Loki's holding another, a crocodile or an alligator. I can't remember. I can't remember if it's a pointed nose or a rounded nose, but uh, he's holding a, a, uh, a crocodile, I think. And that crocodile has a Loki helmet on it. What? So I, really? Yeah. 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 So, I, so I think that even the crocodile is a Loki. It's just like from like crocodile variant, like crocodile uh, multiverse, which is awesome. And if you so, look at that tiny hat, that tiny hat also has a tiny hat. On it. The hat is a Loki. It's from a world where Loki is a hat. And then it's wearing an even smaller hat. Where everything is hats. Hat, <laughs> like the whole planet of hats. Oh, Loki oh, haberdashery. Yeah. Oh, oh. So I think you're right, Virginia. I think we're about to see an army of Lokis. Uh, very much so. And I cannot wait. That is actually a good point. Yes. Waving that French, you know, revolution flag as, as they as they take down uh, the TVA, uh, a.k.a. the French government. I don't know. Is that an, is that what happens in that? Do you really want to know? Or Yeah, let's know. Um, okay. Tell me. <laughs> Chris, from the top, break down all of Les Mis from the opening <laughs> scene to the end. Go. Shut up. We're going to be right Isn't back. It? Don't you dare start. We're going to be right back with some improv right after this. And we cut to the National History Museum in London, England. I can't believe that these things used to be roaming around on Earth. I find that... Don't you find that incredible? 
I think it's absolutely wonderful, but also very frightening. Look how big that whale is. Right, but the the whale is still around. I mean, <laughs> what? That, yeah, they're, they're real. No. Yeah, whoa. they're swimming around. Yeah, no, it's all this. What stuff else is real? What? That's a big question to ask, Beth. What else is real? Oh. I'm oh. real. Really? Yeah. You can reach out. Yeah. Look, see, I'm I'm real. <laughs> Are those feet of yours real? What these big duck feet? <laughs> yeah, those these those big... aren't just prosthetics. No, I just have flat feet, and I've never done anything about them. I just, I just, I've just flapped my way through life, essentially. Jimmy, you know what I love about you? I love that I you can't sneak up on me. Like every time <laughs> you come in the room, it's like. I just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I, I mean, they say that there's someone for everyone in this world, and I'm glad that we found each other. This is lovely. And thank you so much for taking me out to the museum. It's one of my favorite places. You're welcome. I just thought that on your birthday and mm. how you you love things that are real, I would bring you here to look at the the whales and the stuffed zebra. And I think, is that a, what does that say? Dinosaur. Yes. Dinosaur. I love dinosaurs. Yeah. These are big, like gigantic reptiles, all scaly and smooth. Oh, shit. That's horseshit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, are you talking to us? I'm talking to you. Yeah. I'm talking to you and your friend over there. Yes. Big bag of horse shit. But they have uh, claws and they're scaly like lizards. Nope. Lies. It's all lies. But it's on the plaque. All lies. It, it says it. Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> lies. Lies. Okay. So are you some kind of flat earther, climate denier, Trump supporting sort of type of person? Okay. Well, first off. There's more truth to the flat earth theory than there is that dinosaurs are big and scaly because they're not, okay? You want to know how I know? Yeah, why don't you come out yeah. over here, take off that big floppy hat and large overcoat and tell us and tell us what dinosaurs were really like. I'm not taking my hat off because that's how they'll find you, but I will say this. Come in close. I am a, I am a dinosaur, officially a dinosaur. My name's Barney. And I am a dinosaur. I'm the only real one left. And it pains me to see what they do to my brethren. And they lie. And they create all these imagery. You know what? T-Rex lives matter, too. Barney, it's really nice to meet you. Shake. Oh, your arms are so little. I'm I'm so sorry. I guess you can't yeah. shake my... Sorry, sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. And guess what? No claws. Do you see any claws? No. Soft. Rounded, perfectly rounded hands, mitts, we call them. Actually, that would be the proper term for them. No claws or talons. That's horrible. How could you, how could you put us in that position in which we are, we are akin to violent, carnivorous animals, birds, and flying? It's just, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Barney, I'm a huge fan of yours, but are you really saying you. that all, we've got the whole thing wrong? That all the 
all the work that we've done, all the paleontologists that are, that are creating all this stuff just got it completely wrong. Beyond wrong, okay? And I understand science is, you know, part truth and measure and experimentation. I understand that. Of course I do. I get it. But you can't tell a person who's been there and seen it firsthand that all of a sudden they're, they've got terrible veiny wings or horrific frothing mouths. Look at my mouth. Zero teeth in there. Just a smile. Okay, a beautiful purple smile. Oh, by the way, there's no—they're not green or brown. We're purple, all of us. But Barney, um, I have a question for you. I love you. Do you love me? Are we uh, a happy family? No, that's see. This is the problem. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to tarnish the legacy, of Barney. Uh, we work very hard to create the persona that you see on the television, but no, I don't have a family. And even though all those little children were surrogates at best, my family, well, it's right there hanging up on the wall right there. Oh, I mean, this is so sad, but I mean, how, how are you still here, sp- standing here speaking to us when, when everyone else is gone? Well, I'm the brightest purple, and as all you, we all know, it's been established that purple is the ability to time travel. That's oh. right, I'm time travel. I was able to time travel right before the meteor hit. The meteor did happen, by the way, that was true. It was a big meteor, and as I was on the way to see my family, I got stuck in traffic, and right when the meteor hit, it created a nexus event in which I was able to Harness my purple power and travel to today. Well, travel originally traveled to 1987, but you know I've now been on this planet for about 25, 26 years. I, is I it longer than that? Is 87 longer than that? In math, I, I, maybe 30 years. I'm I'm a dinosaur. I just <laughs> it, it makes me so sad that that's your backstory. You you brought so much joy to so many people and and to find out but so you think you're ultimately alone now you know when we when i first came and they captured me and forced me to dance and sing for children i was terrified i was horrified it was horrible painful the things they would do but i now realize 22 years later how many years later Many, they're almost potentially third. It depends on what year we're today, in now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I realized today in this moment, that I, you know, I gave those people something to look up to, something to love, and they were they were like my family a little bit. You don't hey, have Barney. to be alone. Yeah. Right back. I, I don't know if you were thinking this, Jimmy, but maybe we have Barney over for dinner. I, we oh. could make, I don't know what you eat, scrambled eggs? Oh, my God. Where did you hear that kind of plaque? A plaque. A plaque said that dinosaurs like scrambled eggs. Oh, my Lord. See, this is what I mean. I'm I'm up to my ears, my perfectly embedded into the side of my head ears with this kind of bullshit, all right? Dinosaurs hate eggs. Would you like eating your ancestor, your your, your, uh, progeny? I would not like that. That sounds horrible. 
Right? Yeah, it's disgusting. Okay? Could you imagine that? You're eating, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat little chimpanzee eggs? That's not <laughs> how mammals work. Uh, I don't, look. Oh, you're going to tell me how mammals work? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you around 450 million years ago when mammals were first being figured out? Because I was. Okay. That, is, that is how they work, by the way. Okay. Um, Nothing changed after I left. Look. I think you should come round. I think that's right. I think you should come to, come round, and and right. I, I want you to find someone. Um, I'm actually I work at McDonald's. Um, I have a colleague who works at McDonald's yeah. with me. His name's Grimace. Um, yeah. I just I wondered if maybe I just think you two might hit it off. We tried actually. I didn't. Oh. We we, well, we went for a while. We were we were we were a thing for quite some time. For hot minutes. I mean, yeah. like, I I don't know if this changes anything, but like Grimace has like really changed in the last like ten years, mm. and maybe it'd be cool to rekindle and reconnect. Is that right? Because one of the biggest things we our falling out was because he kept promoting what felt like diabetes for children and stuff, and I was I was not okay with that. I was not. I'm not here for that kind <laughs> of treatment of children. He's really into apple slices now and cartons wow. of milk. I love apple slices. Yeah, fresh, yeah. fresh salads. You know what? That's funny because you see, you re- recommended scrambled eggs to me. But if you would have really understood a dinosaur, you'd know instantly we love apple slices primarily. Well, we can do you that. Something new? Yeah. Okay. What did, you're Beth and Jimmy, is that right? <laughs> it seems so, yes. 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 So, you know, I'm happy I... I I came over and spoke to you. I've been holding, bottling this up for so long, this anger about the treatment of my, my, my family, my brethren, my my people. And, you know, today I feel a little bit different about it all. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Well, you're, you've traveled so far and you've tried to find a place to fit in. And now, yeah. finally... Maybe yeah. you found that. Only joking, we're both Loki! <laughs> <laughs> point to laugh, point to laugh. <laughs> oh, Loki's the one who sent the first meteor. <laughs> you monster. Chaos, chaos, chaos. And <laughs> see, I hope he gets those apple slices. He will not. He won't because Loki lies. Both of you. Do you guys love each other now? What, as yeah. in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Chris is Loki, yeah, and Virginia's Loki, then we do. Love yeah, you guys have to. Yeah, yeah. Self love is uh, important. I also love uh... <laughs> T Rex lies matter, y'all. We need to. <laughs> we need to put that on a t shirt. So many t-shirts generated from this. Oh, God. I love it. Um, any final thoughts? Loki, episodes three and four. What are we going to see next? What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Is Barney going to be all right? I think that y- you were very, very perceptive earlier when you said you can't do a Loki series and not have the whole thing be... It's it's a it's a con movie essentially. Right, it? yeah. It's in that genre. It's a con movie writ on a cosmic scale, and I would yeah. be very very surprised if at the end of this, 
we're not seeing that the whole thing in some way, like there's a bit of information, some yeah. some line that someone said in the first episode, some background detail that is the key to the whole thing and nothing that we've seen so far is actually what is actually happening. Some like a inception top spinning at the end sort of deal where it just like, is this the real world? Is this not maybe? Or do you think it's going to be more like less less subtle than that? Yeah, I think it's going to, I think we're going to find out the last minute, there's going to be some sort of flashback thing and we're going to find out everything we know is a lie. I'm almost certain of it. Yes, I like it. Where are we at, Virginia? What are your final thoughts? Yeah, I, there's this, you know, kind of brown sheen over everything at TVA and that the brown is going to lift off and it's, I mean, it's probably purple, Mm -hmm. but like something is there, something's behind, you know, yeah. Okay. I like that. So, I also I like your you've you've done something very interesting where you really latched onto the colors in this show. The colors are guiding your viewpoint of this show, and I like that. That's because I'm a very terrible. I'm a, I'm all about visuals, and my audio <laughs> is not so good. So, and sometimes I can't hear them, or like they're mumbling. <laughs> and so the colors you leave just me on so... mute the whole time. You've just been watching the whole show on mute. Yes, I do watch it with the subtitles to help. Uh, so I make sure I like know what's up. Um, but if it, you know, I I like to follow like color themes and all sorts of things. So wait, so uh, where are you at with that, uh, Chris? Are you a, a, a subtitle fan as well? I'm a huge subtitle person. I almost never watch anything without subs on. I only use subtitles when it's in a different language because if I'm watching something in my own language with subtitles, then I think, oh, this is a script that someone's reading. In fact, even to a point, if I'm in a Zoom call and someone's got live transcription turned on and I'm speaking and I see subtitles of my own voice, I think I'm reading a script and then I start reading my own lines. And I just get like, I'm making this up. There's no way that it's a script. It's true. I can't do it. My whole brain, if if I can read along, then my brain goes, this is a script. They're acting this. I, so I can't do it. I, the only way okay. it works is with other languages for me. Can I just say something very quickly about colors before we move on, though? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, what color is Kang the Conqueror's armor? It's purple, everyone. Ooh, it's purple. It's, it's purple. purple. He's basically purple. Yeah. He is a time traveler. It's purple. Everything that travels through time is purple. Full on canon. And with that, we're going to add another show. We're going to say subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, please rate us where you can and share this with your friends stuck at home watching too much Disney+. Plus. I said that really fast because I wanted to get it over with. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Theater Greater Than Film. And join our Facebook page, Theater Greater Than Film. It's all TGTF all day, baby. Hey, Chris. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on TikTok at Mr. Chris Mead. That's true. That's actually true. But it's perfect. And Virginia, where shan't we find you? Do not find me in a little hut in the woods. <laughs> that is appropriate. Unless, what if you needed like food or something? How, what happens then? Um, I forge for my food. I probably yes. am naked. Yes, I just feel like right. I'm on like one of those like Discovery Channel shows, just eating bark. <laughs> so you're naked. just like a, <laughs> just naked. 
<laughs> just like eating like the grubs from the other side of a bark. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> um, good. Right, so don't find me. <laughs> that's the social network that you can find Virginia on. The don't find me. I'm eating. I'm naked eating grubs. By the way, I like the way you said naked. Naked, naked, not naked. Feels more appropriate to the way you would be. If you were to be found in the woods, naked is too proper, you know, you would be naked for sure. Right. Like uh, you're, you're caught naked, but you're yeah, enjoying yeah, life naked. Naked. Yeah. They're like, Hey, listen, this is me. You came to find me. Okay. I didn't put myself out into your world. You came to my world. So here it is. Take it, take it and leave it. Uh, and with that, we're going to leave it. Until next time, in which we watch episodes five and maybe just five. Maybe we'll try and just do one where we do only one episode. Uh, we'll see. If not, then we'll just do both again. And uh, it, it'll be uh, four more hours of stuff that we have to talk about. With special guests. With a special guest. Secret secret Loki. Secret secret potential secret Loki. Beep, bop, boop, boop, beep. Until then. Uh, bye bye Cheerio. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly singing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>